Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. You're listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Welcome back for another deep dive into history, making history his story. Today's show is brought to you without a sponsor. Due to the recent success of the show, we are able to bring you this show ad-free. I do have one favor to ask of all the listeners. Please go to iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Be kind enough to write us a five-star review. Those reviews go a long way, and it can really help the show grow. And that is our goal, to grow the show continuously, bringing these little-known events in U.S. history throughout the world. And we do have listeners all over the world. Looking at the latest downloads, while the majority of our listeners are located in the United States, the single state with the most listeners is Pennsylvania. Outside of the United States, we have listeners in Poland, Ecuador, Canada, and Mexico. And now, the topic of today's podcast. A current popular topic today are the names of professional sports teams. At the time this podcast was recorded, the Washington Redskins had been renamed the Washington football team, and a professional baseball team known as the Cleveland Indians was in process of changing their name as well. This debate of whether or not the Cleveland Indians was an offensive term has gone back and forth among many different people, with supporters saying that it brings honor to Indians and have claimed that a former professional baseball player for Cleveland, who was credited as being the first Native American to play in professional baseball, that the name Cleveland Indians was inspired by him. His name was Louis Sokalexis. Whether or not that's true, we can't be sure, but supporters of the name often cite that. Switching the name to the Cleveland Guardians, this kind of goes back to statues on the Hope Memorial Bridge in the city of Cleveland. Those statues are acting as guardians over the city. Whether or not you agree with the name change or find it offensive or not, sports teams do often go through name changes for different reasons. And Cleveland is just another one of those teams. Back in the early 1870s, the Cleveland Forest City was the first team out of Cleveland to join the National Association of Professional Baseball Players. They existed for two seasons, and then they were gone. Cleveland's first National League team in Major League Baseball was the Cleveland Blues. They were around for a few more years. That brings us to the 1880s and the introduction of the streetcar mogul. 
Born in 1859, Martin Stanford Stanley Robison and his brother, Frank Robison, born in 1852, they were successful businessmen investing in baseball. Frank had teamed up with his father-in-law in a streetcar company. Now, for those of you who were born after the late 1900s, Streetcars were basically the first inception of a local bus service. There were tracks leading down the center of the town, and basically the streetcar acted as a train that would travel, dropping passengers off at different locations across the city. This was a booming business while it lasted, and it allowed Frank and his father-in-law to make a lot of money. Frank Robinson would use this money to start up his version of the Cleveland baseball team. Step one, create a stadium. Step two, invest in players. Step three, start winning championships. To get to these championships, you needed to have some rock star players. And that is just what the Robinsons set out to get. Off to a rough start, after being in the National League for a couple years, they signed... The world-famous pitcher, maybe you've heard of him, Cy Young. Cy Young would enter the Baseball Hall of Fame as one of the greatest players of all time. Another player that they were able to sign was future Hall of Famer, left fielder Jesse Burkett. With these two players and a roster that was slowly building strength, Cleveland would start to make their mark. In 1895, they finished second in the league. They finished second in the league just behind Baltimore. That season was highlighted by Cy Young throwing his first no-hitter and Jesse Burkett batting with a 409 average. That is crazy. It looked like Cleveland was on its way to years of success, but that's not what happened. The Robinson brothers later on in 1899 bought a second baseball team. This team was out of St. Louis, called the St. Louis Perfectos. Yes, that was their name, not the St. Louis Cardinals, the St. Louis Perfectos. Like I said before, sports teams go through name changes all the time. We just don't always hear about it. Name changes are nothing new. And how were they able to buy a second baseball team when they already owned one? Well, back in those days, that was okay. You would think that would be a conflict of interest, but... We're talking late 1800s. There weren't really any rules against anything like this. Back then, there was something called the syndicate rule. It says, Some of the franchises proved financially unstable. In order to preserve the structure of the league and avoid bankruptcy of some teams, syndicate ownership evolved, in which owners purchased a controlling interest in two teams— This period in league history exhibits some of the greatest examples of disparity between the best and worst teams in the league. Now, like I said before, Cleveland was kicking butt, finishing second in the league, two Hall of Famers, and St. Louis was bankrupt when the Robisons bought the team. But that would lead to one of the most unique situations in baseball history. What led to St. Louis going bankrupt? Well, in 1898, The ballpark partially burned down. The owner was going through a divorce that was terrible. It was a vicious divorce that was 
publicized, and back in those days, divorces weren't very publicized, but this one, this one was pretty bad. So the Robinsons were really able to get the team for a steal. With this St. Louis team being in shambles, the Robinson brothers attempted to rebuild the St. Louis franchise. As they started bringing quality players in, they realized that they controlled two teams. If you've got Cleveland with some really good players and some average players, and then you've got St. Louis with some really good players and some really average players, the best way to field a team when you own both teams is to take all your strong players and put them on the same team. And that's exactly what the Robison brothers did. Jesse Burkett, Cy Young, several other strong players from the Cleveland team, they traded them to St. Louis. They built up the St. Louis team. This strategy proved to be a winning strategy for St. Louis, but it would create something unique in Cleveland. St. Louis would go on to be a strong winning team for a long time. Cleveland, on the other hand, would have some unique accomplishments. After making all those trades, Cleveland would go through their 1899 season on the road with a record of 11 wins and 101 losses. At one point, they lost 24 games in a row. They were on their way to finish in a record-breaking season, taking the record for the worst season in Major League Baseball. 20 wins, 134 losses. Some other unique events that happened, the team being removed from the league in the year 1900, and the exposure of the remaining players. For example, their 1899 pitching staff, four of their pitchers leading the team had records of four wins, 30 losses, four wins, 22 losses, one win, 18 losses, two wins, 17 losses. Some of the worst pitchers in the league, all on Cleveland. Now, Cy Young did go on before he was traded. He did go on to get 240 wins with the Cleveland team. He ended up with 500, 511 career wins, but 240 with one team was the highest, highest number of wins with any team. And they lost fans along the way. As they set records for losses, they also set records for poor attendance. At one point, Nobody wanted to watch them play. It was routine for them to have 70, 80 people sitting in the stands total for an entire game. They lost the support of their citizens, and like I said, they were removed from the National League. So as we are talking about name changes with sports teams, today's podcast should give you a unique look back into history to the worst Major League Baseball team that ever existed in the history of the sport and why they came to be that team. That was 1899's Cleveland Spiders because now you know the rest of the story. Thank you for listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Remember to write a five-star review for us on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Check out our Facebook group, too. Just look up The Derek Izzy Show on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. 
You can participate in discussions. The show is broadcast on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, DerekIzzy.com. But if you go to that Facebook group, you can participate in the discussion as well as get your voice heard if you have opinions on the show. Thank you to everyone who has written a review so far. Those five-star reviews go a long way. And we look forward to reading more. Good day. Thank you.